Greetings, children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a good evening. <laughs> okay, Mom, we'll do. I'll call you later on this weekend. Let you Woody, I... Hold on. Sure thing. Okay. Love you too. Bye-bye. Oh, dear. I didn't see that you were on the phone. My apologies. Oh, it's okay, Rothrick. It was my mom. Oh, very good. You're a good son to keep up with her so. Well, there is a special reason. Yes, and that would be... My dad's birthday is later on this month, and we're planning a big gathering. You know, old friends, food, drinks... This is your life type of a show. Sounds like fun. Can I come? I promise I won't be too. Hmm. Well, the guest list is rather full. I'll check with my mom to see you. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny? You Americans say mom. And we say mum. Okay. I mean, I know that, but why is there a difference? Well, you see... When we say mum, our use of the O sounds more like a U. Therefore, we say mum. You Brits are a wild bunch, you know that? Anyhow, I will check with her. So do we bring gifts? Uh, you don't have to, but it's a great gesture. How old is he? Well, he's about 81, so I think he would like... Yes, I have the perfect gift. Yeah? That coffin in the corner. Wait, you mean that one over there? The one you locked me in a few months ago? No, sir. Get him a card or something. Okay. But for some reason, Hallmark doesn't sell happy death day cards anymore. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> I am glad I got to talk with my mother today which is also the subject of our next exciting tale tonight. Another chiller from our favorite author, Sunfred, called Mum. Mum by Sunfred Michael pulls his two siblings closer to him. He is holding them so tightly their skin is on the verge of being attached to his. The screams and noise from upstairs continues. The voices are so distinct and recognizable. Pastor Frederick is the most vocal. He sounds like a broken record as he screams the same words over and over again. Get out. Get out. I command you, get out. Michael and his twin nine-year-old siblings, Samuel and Samantha, have been in the lounge the whole night. Their father has told them that their mother was sick and needed help. Michael, who has just turned 13 years of age, knows that his mother is more than sick. Something is really wrong with her. 
She has not been the same for some time now. A few days ago, Michael saw her slashing her wrist with a butcher knife. She was speaking in a language he has never heard before. On that day, Michael ran like a rabbit and called his father for help. He had seen enough horror movies to know that his mother is probably possessed. The visit of Pastor Frederick to their house tonight only confirmed his suspicions. His uncle Tommy, who has been staying with them for the past few days, was part of the team upstairs trying to help his mother. Michael had been tasked with an all-too-familiar role of babysitting the twins. They could also sense something was wrong, even though the family had done its best to keep them in the dark. The TV had done some good work to distract them from the activities on the upper floor of the house. Once or twice, they would all hear furniture from upstairs being tossed around, and the twins would register concern on their faces. The twins are now getting tired because their usual shut-eye time had come and gone. They have employed Michael to be their temporary pillow as each of them rests their dark-haired heads on his chest. Samuel's hair is cropped into a buzz cut while Samantha has shoulder-length hair. The cartoons on TV are distasteful to Michael because his main priority is what's happening to his mother upstairs and whether she will be fine. He would do anything to be up there right now. But his father had been adamant that he should stay downstairs with his younger brother and sister until they told him otherwise. This is already shaping into being a long night, but Michael doesn't care. It is a Friday, which means there's no school tomorrow, so it doesn't matter what time he sleeps. The noise from upstairs soon elevates above the TV. The twins raise up their heads like ostriches, and Samuel asks, What's going on, Michael? The ruckus from the upstairs guest room continues. The banging on the walls, the screeching noise of a table being dragged on the floor, and the shattering of glass are all audible noises, impossible to ignore. It's okay, guys. Just try to calm down and enjoy the cartoons. Instantly, the lights go out, and the three children are wrapped in blinding darkness. The twins become a choir of screams. Initially, Michael had panicked and his body was shivering in fear. Then he realized he had to calm down the twins before their screaming caused his ears to bleed. He grabs them both and brings them into his arms. Guys, calm down. It's okay. You are fine. I am with you. The words do wonders to assuage Sam and Sam. Michael can feel their pounding hearts, which were beating from their chest into his ribs, begin to slow down. He frees them from the darkness with the glow of the torch from his phone. The half-open curtains with light peeking in from the street lamps outside is enough to show them that the rest of the neighborhood still has power. Michael, what is happening? Samantha questions her older brother. I don't know, but I want to find out, Michael replies as he stands up. He treads to the window and looks outside. It seems like there's been an electrical fault of some sort. I will have to get Dad to check it out, mentions Michael. You can't leave us, both twins say at the same time as they run to him and hug his legs. Well, you can't come with me. I will leave the torch with you, Michael tries to convince them. No, 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 please don't leave. Please don't leave us. We're scared, Michael, very scared, the twins sing out their pleas in unison. Michael sighs because he knows he has no way of effectively persuading them to stay down here alone. Okay, fine, you can come with me, but stay close and do as I say. The twins bob their heads in agreement like dolls. When they are all heading for the stairs, Michael realizes something odd. Since the power went out, there is complete silence upstairs. It has become quiet like a church on weekdays. Not a single sound comes from above, and that concerns Michael. As they enter the hallway upstairs, 
they are greeted by a mutilated hen lying on the floor. Once again, the twins exercise their lungs with a shrieking scream. The hand is unmistakable. It belongs to their father. His golden Rolex is still attached to his wrist, the white long-sleeved shirt he was wearing today and the wedding ring Michael has never seen him without are still on the hand that is swimming in a shallow pool of blood. Alarm bells begin to ring in Michael's head and he can't find the words to calm down his siblings. Sam and Sam have once again wrapped their arms around his legs, making it hard for him to move. Is that daddy's hand? Samuel whispers. I don't know, lies Michael but we need to keep moving, he says as he ushers his siblings past the hand and head to the guest room at the far end of the hallway. Michael wants to get away from the disfigured hand as soon as possible, but the sight in the guest room is worse than the hallway. As soon as Michael opens the door, the lifeless body of Pastor Frederick comes to view. His chubby body is pinned to the wall with nails. His fat arms are stretched out wide and his feet are secured together with one nail, just like Jesus on the cross. His face is bloody. In place of his eyes are two red holes enumerating his eyeballs have been plucked out. Rills of blood are streaming down his cheeks. His neck is sliced open, exposing his esophagus. Blood is flowing from his neck, soaking his clothes and pulling the floor below his body. Michael gasps and redirects his torch to glimmer elsewhere around the room. No one else is in there, but everything has been tossed about. The bed is flipped upside down. The windows have been smashed and everything seems broken. The room looks like it has just survived a tornado. Samantha is so shocked she backs herself into the hallway with her blue eyes filled with tears. Samantha, baby, come to me, a voice whispers from behind her. She spins around and at the end of the hallway she sees a figure briskly walking into her parents' room and close the door. The person walked fast, but a child always knows her mother when she sees her. Mommy, Samantha says as she moves towards her parents' bedroom. Come to me, baby, the voice repeats with an echo. Samantha runs into her parents' room, expecting to see her mother. As she reaches the room, the door swings open by itself like an automatic door of a convenience store. Inside the room, a river of blood has flooded the carpet and tiles. The walls are decorated with body parts of arms, legs, fingers, and toes. On the bed, there is the disfigured head of her uncle Tommy. His eyes are missing and his mouth is wide open with four fingers sticking out of his lips. Samantha shrieks like a siren. Michael and Samuel run to her. Damn it, Samantha, I told you to stay close to me, Michael says as he grabs and drags her to the door of the bedroom. Michael's mouth gaps in amazement as he sees the horrific design in his parents' bedroom. He almost jumps out of his skin when he noticed someone else is standing a meter to his right. He turns towards the figure and his blood runs cold. It's his mother. But it isn't the mother he remembers. Her long brunette hair is masking most of her face, making it difficult to pick out her exact facial features. But behind all the hair hanging over her face, Michael can see two yellow orbs leering at him. The few visible patches of skin on her neck, hands, and legs is riddled with veiny black lines. The woman's white nightgown is stained red with blood. She is growling like a bear and breathing out heavily like an exhaust pipe of an 18-wheeler. Michael screams and scoops up the twins in his arms and sprints for his bedroom. As he runs down the hallway, he glances back and sees his mother hot on his trail. She is sprinting as if her great-grandparents were horses and is accelerating like she is being powered by electricity. 
Michael has never seen her like this before. This is definitely not his mother. She is pursuing them like a bloodhound tracking a bunny. But her children had a good start over her, so Michael manages to reach his bedroom and shut the door behind him. His mother throws her body to the door and begins to assault the long piece of wood with her fists. Like a boxer training for a crucial match, she throws punches to the door like darts. The twins are screaming and crying in terror. Michael locks the door and barricades it with his bookshelves and every other piece of furniture he can find. The light from their neighbor's house is peering through the room's curtains for them to see. Michael had dropped his phone when they were being chased by their mother down the hallway. He rushes to the twins and tries to sedate them with assuring words that everything will be fine. They don't respond as he wants and they continue to scream and cry. Michael runs his hands through their matted brown hair as he wonders what to do. Listen to me, guys. We will have to jump out the window and go look for help, he finally says as he smashes his bedroom window open. The words freak out of the twins even more. What? That is insane, and we are two stories from the ground. We will be hurt, Samantha says with a voice connoted with trepidation. Do you want to kill us? Samuel also chimes in. Michael glances to the door that is enduring severe abuse from his mother's fists. He begins to think there is a rhino on the other side of the door. Splinters of wood are flying everywhere, and cracks are now appearing on the door as it is close to giving in to the pressure being applied to it. The barricade Michael has set up is not helping. He knows there is no time to argue. He violates the lady's first rule as he grabs Samuel and throws him out the window. The young boy is pulled by gravity until his body collides with the well-trimmed grass of their yard. Samantha kicks and screams when Michael comes for her. He swiftly seizes her and throws her out of the window. When Michael looks out of the window, he sees the twins are fine, besides some minor bruises and cuts they have sustained. Samantha has a gash on her arm, while Samuel has bruised his knee, but both would clearly live. Michael looks back at the door and sees his mother has half her body through his blockade. She is bashing away at the remaining pieces of the door. Michael turns towards the window and dives out. As the stronghold of gravity yanks him down, he is surprised when he freezes in midair halfway down to the ground. He becomes aware of the strong grip around his bony left ankle. He stares back and sees his mother holding him firmly. Her grip is out-muscling gravity. As she glowers at her son, her mouth is drooling of black saliva and her jagged teeth are smeared by a dark and glistening goo. Her long, pronged fingernails are deeply thrust into Michael's flesh, which makes the teenager scream. Mom effortlessly pulls him back into his room. Mom by Sunfred Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you are an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps all Rotherick out enough, we'll air it. Also, subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode, or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you want your story recorded for your own use or just want to have it, Check out my Fiverr gig at www.fiverr.com forward slash Woody underscore G. 
That's www.fiverr.com forward slash Woody underscore G. Look for the creepy pasta gig. You can order there. And again, folks, thank you for listening tonight.